right club. Be the right club today. Yeah. I mean, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the No Laying Up Golf Podcast. My name is Randy. Thank you guys for being here today. Before we get into today's show, I have a sponsor to thank, and that is Precision Pro Golf. Whether you're a scratch player or new to the game, there's an easy way to lower your scores. Adding a rangefinder to your pre-shot routine will change your game forever. Our longtime partner, Precision Pro Golf, has created a rangefinder unlike any other. NLU has been using the NX10 for almost a year, and this is easily the best rangefinder we have ever used. The Precision Pro NX10 has the essentials like a magnetic cart mount, slope adjusted distances, an external slope switch, and HD optics. You also get free battery replacements, a three year warranty, and a 30% off upgrade program and I can't stress how good those last three benefits are. Just the free battery replacement alone makes this an extremely awesome deal. If you've been searching for a rangefinder, or if you're sick of your current one, head over to precisionprogolf.com NLU to see our favorite part, the customization. Choose one of our NLU designs or get them all. With the NX10, you can easily switch the look of your rangefinder. So again, head to precisionprogolf.com slash NLU, use code no laying up altogether, no laying up to get $20 off your NX10. Thank Precision Pro very much. And now let's get into today's episode. Uh, we have a great one. It is, uh, it's timely. It's, it's, uh, it's one I'm very excited about. Let me first introduce my associate, Mr. Cody McBride. Hello, Cody. How are you today? Big. Thank you so much. It's a great day today. Happy to be here with you. Wonderful. We are uh, we are recording on location. We're at TPC Harding Park, just ahead of the International Crown. It's the return of the International Crown, and with us is two-time LPGA Tour winner and now major champion, coming off her Chevron Championship victory, Lilia Vu. Lilia, how does uh, how does major champion suit you? It's unreal, to be honest. Just couldn't believe that I won the Chevron championship. It took a while for it to all sink in, maybe just sunk in now. Didn't really feel in that tournament until the very end. And then all of a sudden finished 17, 18 really well. And then I'm in a position for a playoff and everything was just so fast from there. We waited until Angel hit her 17th shot and then we headed up to the range to get warmed up again. And then now we're here. <laughs> I was going to ask, because I, I think uh, you started the, the fourth round four shots back, and so it was kind of like, you know, were, were you thinking of a number? Did you kind of think like, hey, if I go out and really pin my ears back, I, I might have a shot? Or what's your mentality going into that final round? I think going into it, there were a lot of people around 10 under, 9 under, 8 under, all over the place. So whoever was going to shoot the lowest or play the best that day was going to end up winning. And I did it in Honda. I shot eight under the last day. I don't know what I was thinking, probably didn't think at all, and came from behind and won. So going into it, I knew Sunday was colder, super windy. And my thought process was I'm just going to go out there and try to birdie every hole and play my best. It was a day to move up the leaderboard. For sure. I mean, gosh, 
Cody, a lot of places we can go with that. Let me ask you this: California girl was. How, how do you do? How, how do you like the cold weather? I mean, was that okay for you? I typically don't like cold weather. Well, I want in hot and cold now, but it was. I think toward the beginning of the week, it was kind of warm, but there was also thunder and lightning and rain and delays and all that stuff. And then you just kind of have to adjust to that. Yeah, it worked out pretty well. I would say we were we were chatting a little bit before we hit record and and you were saying you like it when it gets difficult out there uh can you go into kind of why you like the course to be difficult why i imagine the conditions difficult gives you a real chance to, to separate yourself i imagine is that i think when the course is more difficult i'm able to focus more i'm more of a one track mind just one shot at a time and Usually when I get ahead of myself and I start thinking about other people or the leaderboard, that's when I don't play my best. And so when I'm just very what's in front of me, where my feet are, I play my best. And I think when it's difficult, it's easy to do that because you know it's going to be a grind. And so you just focus on that one shot in front of you and just go through your whole process. It's easy to say, right? Yeah. It's a lot harder to actually do. So how do you stay in the moment? And like, obviously it's a big position, but how do you stay that focused in the box and be able to put that score together? For me, I think I kind of wired my brain to think every hole is match play with the course and I'm gonna try and birdie that hole. If I don't birdie it, that's okay, move on, go to the next hole, try it again. And when I think like that, it really helps me because there's 18 opportunities to birdie and that gives me a lot of room to try and birdie. I feel very free from it. And I feel like that has helped me throughout my struggle 2019 year and then learning how to play golf again and just being one shot at a time. It's very cliche and everybody says it, but when you actually do it or when I actually do it, it helps me so much and it kind of solves itself in the end. You know, you say it's cliche and it always has been cliche a little bit to me. I'm like, oh, I hear people say that and sure we all you know one shot at a time like well we can't play two shots at a time (laughs) you know but i had a chance uh something else we did a couple months ago and i got a chance to meet pia and lynn for the first time and their whole you know mental game and and the process that they talk about in the three boxes that that cody talked about and it really hit me for the first time is like oh now i get it when people say like no, you have to take it one shot at a time and you have to dedicate, you know, energy and uh, attention and thought to, you know, what you're doing. And it was almost like this light bulb went on for me. Like I'm, will turn 40 this year. I'm like, oh my God, I've never played golf like this in my life. Like it's, it's incredible. So now when I hear people say, I'm like, no, I, I understand what you mean. Like one shot at a time stay within yourself. I mean, was that something you like had to learn at some point? Yeah. Um, So I went down to Pia and Lynn's three day camp, I think after like towards the end of 2019. And I was in a horrible place with my golf game, like just so nervous over the ball. And so I went down there and I learned all that stuff, but I wasn't technically sound yet. So I couldn't basically use what I learned to my advantage. And then suddenly I just started to get bits and pieces of my game back. And I remember I reread her book, or their book, Think Like a Player, at Garden City, Kansas, 
uh, Epson tour event. I remember reading it the night before or that whole week. And I ended up winning that week. And I only had two goals um, that week. And I think it was just strong body language and to say, I love this shot before I actually hit the ball. And so that just like nothing to do with technique or anything. All, all I did was just have those two goals and I ended up winning that week. And from there, I just kept on learning what worked and what didn't work and what I liked. And it was just all the basically examples that they had in the book. I just kind of tried all of them and see what worked. And yeah, I remember emailing them. I said like this, it finally worked. Two years later, everything that I learned is <laughs> falling in line. Yeah, yeah. Do you ever, have have you thought about in the couple weeks since winning the Chevron, is it was it almost a blessing to be kind of four shots back and and not really kind of think that you're in it? I mean, I mean, as far as like trying to win your first major, I feel like getting in the clubhouse might be a little bit of a blessing. And then, you know, you, things happen and you find yourself in a playoff. Do, do you think that's? I don't want to say easier, but given the circumstances, I mean, did, have have you thought about it playing out that way opposed to you know? trying to hold on to a three-shot lead at the start of the day. Yeah. I mean, both of my wins, I came from behind. I think I was just very free to just go out there. You haven't won yet. Just go out there and play your best, and if you win, you win. But I also remember in in Thailand, I thought I was doing an interview, and I told her, um, even though I think I was maybe close to the lead or leading after second day or maybe like first day I was near the top but I remember saying like I didn't win the tournament yet even if I'm leading I, it doesn't matter I haven't won it so I'm just gonna go out there and play my best because you get so caught up with your leading and then you'll end up messing up but you never had the tournament because it's not done until the four rounds are over so I think I was more from what I think it's just even if I'm leading I'll never think that I've already won the tournament and I'm just gonna go out there and play my game played the best that I could we're like 10 minutes into this Cody or not even and I'm like in awe of your, of your <laughs> mental approach I know. I'm sitting here thinking I'm like you said oh I've never played golf like that in my 40 years of life and then I hearing everything that you say I'm like thinking about my game I'm like huh I'm a long ways off like I'm not thinking of anything the right way I have so many th like swing thoughts yeah. <laughs> it isn't it's insane. oh I know nothing about the golf game either so <laughs> I just go out there and play do you know what different types of grass there are out there uh well I thought poa grass was Bermuda last week so. it happens to the best of us yeah I've okay. not a clue I just go wherever my caddy tells me to go honestly it's like a funny like Oh, okay. You don't know the different types of grasses and stuff like that, but you're like very, very decorated, obviously professional golfer. Now you're a very decorated amateur golfer and have an incredible career. And you think about it and you're like, your ability to just be like, play a shot at a time. Oh, cool. So like we're putting and it's different type of grasses and that's like cool and all, but like, I'm still just going to make the best stroke that I can to the line that I think is, is best that I've talked to with my caddy or whoever else. And just see, you know, watch the ball go in the hole. Yeah. And it's like so easy when you break <laughs> it down like that. But I know it's not. And like sitting here, and it, it, I think what I'm going to get to is like sitting here now as a major champion. Like if we had this conversation in 2018, 2019, when, when times like were hard, like what do you think you would tell that person? 
Just that not every shot is life or death. I think I looked at golf in such a, just a heavy way. I think I put a lot of pressure on myself coming out of college and being the number one amateur and just not having sponsors or agents. And I just saw like everybody performing so well. And I kind of compared myself to those people in which now it sounds so dumb because I've never compared myself to anyone when I was playing my best. I mean, sorry, what now I'm playing my best, but <laughs> just like comparing myself, it's just not a good headspace and just go out there and have fun. I play my best when I have fun and I'm laughing on the golf course and just having a good time and appreciating golf and like what it's done for me and my family and just all the people I meet, all the countries I go to, all the friends I make out on tour, just everything that it's brought me. And I just think being grateful for golf and having fun again was something that I had to refine after my rookie year. Is, is like having fun playing golf mean like playing your best all the time? No, I feel like I have to have fun before I play my best. Because if you always say, like, I have to play my best and that's when I'm having fun, that's just you're never going to have fun. Because now you're basically basing your fun on your outcome. But if for me, if I have fun first, my scores are going to follow 100%. But if you're only going to have fun if you play well, then what happens if you don't play well? Are you going to go home and cry? <laughs> Sometimes I do. I mean, if you're asking. <laughs> well, I think, I think you know, as part of the telecast, Cody and I were, were watching on television. And, you know, one, one of the big things that the announcers talk about is that 2019 season and, uh, you know, making one cut on, on tour your rookie year. I mean, can you kind of walk us through what – what was going on and and the struggles that that came your way and and more importantly and i think most impressively kind of how you attacked them and and how you got the you know developed this mindset and this outlook and and really set you on the way to the success that you're now enjoying you know everything happens for a reason i think that struggle needed to happen for me to be this mentally strong and technically strong and just the way I am now just it that year happened so that I could grow into the person I am today I think that was more of a I didn't know who I was without golf and so I based my whole identity around golf and then once I was playing bad I didn't know who I was anymore and I was just losing all my marbles had no self-confidence didn't know where I was going to hit the ball while I was staring at it. Set up to the ball, and I'm Dude, like, this welcome, could... Welcome to the club. Now that this, I can relate to. <laughs> <laughs> this could go 100 yards left or 100 yards right. I don't know. I don't know where my arms are. I can't feel them. Basically, just like I said, life or death, golf. And yeah, I mean, that happened so I could reevaluate my golf game and just strengthen what needed to be strengthened. Yeah, just worked on myself a lot. I mean... COVID actually really helped me because golf gave, tournaments gave you a little were on, space. Yeah, give me a little space. Just put golf tournaments on hold for a little bit. Actually, it was really funny. I think at the beginning of COVID, the Chevron was happening and I was on the range at my home club and this man came up to me so blunt. He's like, what are you doing here? Why aren't you competing in Palm Springs? 
I said, well, I'm going through like my slump. I'm just, I don't have any self-confidence like this and that. And just giving him my whole story. And then he gave me two books, Extraordinary Golf by Fred Shoemaker and The Slide Edge by Jeff Olson. And it was basically just mental side of golf for Extraordinary Golf and just try to basically fix my own game, just dealt with a one side miss instead of a two way miss and just trying to overcorrect. And I think just finding my golf game again. And I did that for a little while with the time off I had from COVID and then the slight edge is just 1% better every day. So do something little to help you get better every single day. And that's something that I try to do every day and still do it now. And so just going from there and then tournaments started happening and then just did what Pia and Lynn basically said and try to have fun on the golf course and just go through my whole process. And now we're here. Well, you make it sound like it's a lot easier than, <laughs> than the path actually is. You talked about being like number one amateur in the world and then coming out. And I think the world in front of you and you, you know, you talked about not having an agent and like thinking of sponsor deals and like probably looking for successes that you were expecting to come and they didn't really happen. When did you, you know, you just called it like your slump. When did you realize that like, Oh, this is, this isn't good. Like, you know, you've probably gone through patches in the past where you're like, I'm not playing very good, but like, don't worry, we're, we're going to get through this. Like when was it like, I need to make some changes here. Like this ain't good. I think first off is just only making one cut my rookie year. That was pretty big. And then going on Epson tour and also missing those cuts. Like, wow, I can't even manage myself out here shooting close to 80. Couldn't do anything. And then... Were you by yourself at the time? No. My mom was actually pushing my car and she's like, you're good enough. And I'm like, I just shot 80, mom. I hit every single tree and I made up and down for double. And someone said that was the best up and down for double ever. I made a 40 footer for a double. And so just, just my mom being a cheerleader and just believing that I could make it back here. I mean, I was ready to just quit golf. What does that actually mean though? Like you seriously thinking about I'm I'm not cut out for the professional game. I'm going to go back to school. Yeah. yeah. I thought, okay, I'm going to try and study for the LSAT and just try to get into law school and do make something of my political science degree. But thank God I didn't. <laughs> well, if thank you, you want to run some of those poli-sci takes, we have another podcast for that that we welcome them. No, love. I don't want to be controversial. <laughs> or, I don't want to get canceled. So No. That's our biggest fear, too. We don't want to get canceled <laughs> either. Everybody, Randy here again. Sorry to interrupt the interview, but one more sponsor to thank today, and that is Whoop. This episode is brought to you by Whoop, the official fitness wearable of the PGA Tour. Whoop is a wearable health and fitness coach that specializes in tracking and improving your recovery, sleep, and activity. Whether you're still hoping to sleep better, exercise more, reduce stress, or just lower your handicap, daily insights from WHOOP are tailored to help you meet that goal. 87% of WHOOP members say they feel healthier with WHOOP. I've been wearing it now for a couple years. Uh, for instance, I just was on the road for a while. Uh, it was amazing. Little personal trip to Hawaii and sleeping great, eating well, and my recovery scores were great. It was fun to kind of see the one day I took a surf lesson, had a big strain, and then I flew to California for a couple days of work, 
and it's long days. I was running a camera around a course. I'm getting up early, getting to bed late. And all of a sudden, you know, thanks to Whoop, you can kind of see those recovery stores starting to go down. And what that tells me is when I got home to Denver, I really got to concentrate on being hydrated, making sure I'm getting to sleep at a good hour and sleeping long enough to, so I can get those recovery scores and sleep scores back up into the green where I like them. With everything from personalized recommendations to sleep coaching, Whoop uses data to provide you with the steps you need to take to maintain positive routines and build healthier habits. I would urge all the listeners to go to whoop.com, W-H-O-O-P.com, and use code NLU to save 10% off of your order. Thank them for being a sponsor of the No Laying Up podcast. And now back to our interview with Lily Vu. Again, like I think it's one of those things where like it doesn't matter how you surround yourself with like your support system and people helping you through it. But like when you realize that like, hey, maybe this is like the bottom of it. And obviously it's like the bottom of your golf game or your professional golf game. Did it carry over into like normal life? Yeah, I think I was a very I was a very angry daughter and I kind of just had bad attitude to everybody I pushed all my friends away and just didn't allow myself to have fun anymore and just in college I had fun all the time and I played so well and so I just basically tried to find that again and I think also another thing I love being on a team in college so I just always had fun and so basically creating in my own way my own team just caddy physio coaches all that stuff, trainers, and just creating my own team. My mom's my assistant, so she comes along to every tournament. Just creating my own team, and it feels like no matter what, they have your back. I think that's a very like, very good thing to have out here, especially on the LPGA Tour. Could, you're, tr- you're kind of doing your own thing. I mean, everyone's friends with everybody, but you kind of want to do your own thing and know that you have people around you that you can trust. Yeah. What would you tell your mom after the playoff, Chevron? I think she was just crying. I... I wanted her to jump with me, but she was busy looking for my dad. And I, it's just <laughs> like, yeah, busy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. well played, mom. Well played. I know. <laughs> what was the thought process? Obviously, everybody made a big deal about the, the jump and like, are we going to continue this tradition and, and everything? And then you kind of look at the pond and you're like, like mm-hmm. it looks kind of greenish brown yeah. out there. They're talking about alligators. Like, obviously, you had a very, very good jump. Caddy, phenomenal. Yeah, effort. he's just Pro- a star. Probably like one. He's just goaded. It, it was uh, incredible his performance on it. But <laughs> you know, is it something that obviously, like, yeah, you you w- probably walk by in like a practice round. And you're like, oh, I, pr- I, pr- I could probably do that. Like, that's fine. That's but, what we did. We were playing the practice round, and we looked at each other, and we're like, if we win, are we gonna jump? We both said yes, and then. It was time, and I was like, it looks so musty. And I saw a snake on 17, the previous hole. Okay. And then we were in the, we were waiting in the scoring tent before the playoff. And one of the LPGA media girls asked me, are you going to jump just, just so we can, like, be ready? And then I said, yeah, we're going to jump, right? And then I turned to Cole, and I'm like, are we going to jump? He's like, it's cold, but yeah. And I'm like, don't give us that attitude. Like, we're going to do it if we win. <laughs> what, what's it like waiting uh – in the media tent or like, were you watching the golf? Do you like to watch the golf in that situation? Or is it like, Hey, just kind of tell me what's going on and tell me when I need to like go warm up maybe on the range. Well, I really didn't know what was happening. I didn't know there was like a TV right in front of my face. I didn't see it. (laughs) To be honest, I was just like, 
I just need to be here. They told me to stay in the tent. Like, I can't go anywhere because I wanted to go to the bathroom. Couldn't go to the bathroom. Oh, no. And then (laughs) all of a sudden, like, the scores are changing. And then Cole just says, like, hey, you want to go warm up when she hits her tee shot on 17? I said, yeah. And then just went from there. My physio, she was actually driving to Dallas on her way to Dallas. And then I birdied 17. So she turned around. I mean, she was only 30 minutes out, but she turned around, came back. My back was killing me the final round on at Chevron. So we went to the range and before I started warming up, she just worked on my back a little bit. Thank God. I don't know. It was so cold on the playoff hole. So I definitely needed that for my back. And then just started warming up. I didn't know what was happening. I was just going through like some of my routine and just trying to the pins as fairways on the range as you usually do and then um yeah I think once we started putting I asked um my physio and my caddy I'm like what 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 are the scores and they were like oh she bogeyed 16 bogeyed 17 and then she birdied 18 so there's gonna be a playoff so we just got in the cart and then went back to 18. Could you feel like the momentum still on your side? I think I'm not sure what really went to my head. I think I just still was in that mindset of like you still haven't won. Like you just need to be ready for a playoff. If you lose hole. you Yeah. If you lose and she if she finishes eleven under, then she played the best of the tournament. Rightfully so, she's gonna win. And so I did what I needed to do. I birdied seventeen and eighteen, gave a good run. I'm proud of myself. And so it was time to play eighteen again and then I just stuck with my process, hit over the tree. I don't know how the drive ended up you where it did. Piped I, that dr- I was going to ask, was that like abnormally long for where yeah. you? Because well, you yeah. blew it past Angel, and Angel's a long well, hitter. Well, she, she took a different route. Okay. She she went towards the left of the tree. I went over the tree. That's what you couldn't really tell on TV, but where your yeah. balls ended up, I was like, oh. It's ridiculous because my when I played my 72nd hole, I had 200 in. So I hit soft, two hybrid, and then during the playoff, I had a seven iron in. <laughs> so I, I turned to Cole and I said, did we hit something? And then he's like, no, no there's just, it's just low spin. And I was like, well, golf yeah, nerd, yeah. Uh, whatever, lame. Cool story. <laughs> I'm just like, cool. Is it a seven iron or six iron? You're right. And then, yeah. And then, yeah, I just hit the seven iron and then hit a poor putt onto the green. But thank God I made that long putt going in. I was so nervous. Like, my heart was out of my chest. I didn't even know what was going on. I didn't even like really think about making the putt. I was just reading the putt the way I usually do and then try to put a good stroke on it and it went in. So I couldn't believe it. So I literally turned to him and looked when it went in. Like I couldn't believe it. What do you do in that situation? You're trying to calm yourself down or you're just like, okay, just routine. I've done this a million times. Like, yeah, this is, I don't know why my body's reacting this way, but like, I know what I have to do because I've done this thousands and thousands and thousands of times. Yeah. I love my putter. Favorite club forever. Baby girl, ride or die. <laughs> you name it. I love that putter. That's her nickname. Baby girl. <laughs> baby girl. Okay. Watch out for baby girl. <laughs> you just got beat by baby girl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so... I knew it was a right to left putt and it was downhill and I just hit the putt and it went in and I couldn't believe it. And it was just so fast. Like from not even thinking that I was in the tournament to winning a playoff to win is just crazy. Like I can't even tell you what it feels like. Just butterflies and because you practice that putt a million times, like with your friends, like during matches, like all that stuff. So it's like fun and like lighthearted when you do it. 
And then I'm also playing against Angel, who I've known since I was se- like since she was seven and I was eight. We played U.S. Kids together, all that stuff, and I just been waiting for this moment my whole life just going from not even being in the field for chevron a couple years ago to winning chevron i just couldn't believe how far we've come if we look at 2023 everybody sets goals for the year yeah What, what were your goals starting out this year where are we at on them and what do you think the rest of the season is has in store well i know i wrote out goals at the beginning of the season but I usually put them away to see if I achieve them at the end of the year. Like at the end of the year, I'll look through them. Usually I hit all of them for some reason. Uh, I think we're well on our way. I would say so. <laughs> um, Slay number three coming yeah, soon, yeah. hopefully. I think it'll be fun. Watch out for baby girl. <laughs> and let me just interject. If if uh, My favorite part of the LPGA All Access episode to yep. Lily and her caddy oh, talking yeah. about, you know, almost slay. You know, didn't win the tournament. <laughs> yeah. Almost Slay didn't win the tournament. <laughs> Thailand, Slay number one. Yep. Slay number and so you one. got Slay number two at Chevron. Major Slay. Yeah. Major, Major Slay. Slay. Yes. Excuse me. Yes. And yeah. So that was a fun one. Slay number three. Stay tuned. Yeah. Coming soon. I don't know when, but would love to see it soon. <laughs> but, but, uh, but, you know, we're, we're here at the International Crown. You've, you've earned your way on to, you know, what's a very competitive U.S. squad. Obviously, you're, you know, I, I think we can safely say you'll be a part of the Solheim Cup this September in Spain. I mean, that's that's huge. That's awesome. Yeah, it's been a goal of mine. So hopefully, I make it there. And just being in Spain, and I heard how pretty and gorgeous it is. Super hilly. I think they maxed out ten thousand spectators, but super excited for it. I thrive off of team events, and not to mention match play. I love match play. Like, I don't know what happens, but I just like completely transform and I just get really invested. I played in Palmer Cup, Curtis Cup and World Am Team Championship. And it was just so fun. I just it's nice to have a team aspect and you know that you can lean on each other. And not to mention this week too, just like Lexi, Nelly and Danielle Kang. Like what other three best players can you even have on your team? And they're just so wonderful. And we've been having a really good time. That's awesome. Uh we, we talked to Karen Stupples Sunday evening after the Chevron, and she paid you, I think, one of the highest compliments there is. And in her words, she said, you know, Lily, at the end of the day, she's just got marbles. And <laughs> I'm curious what how you feel about that, and is that something like – I know you talked about, you know, well, when I'm out there, I'm trying to play match play against the course when it's a stroke play event. Obviously, you just said you love match play, you know, when you're playing against an opponent. Are you like, you, you kind of love being competitive, I'm, I'm sensing. Yeah, I'm more of a quiet competitor. I'm not super loud. I am yet to fist pump any putts going in. I, I mean, I re-looked at the playoff putt, and I'm like, damn, that was your chance to do a fist bump but i remember after the fact epic celebration (laughs) yeah could have been debuted there i know and i just like turn and i'm like hand over mouth it's just so such a girl it's (laughs) it's genuine (laughs) for sure yeah plus you got to show off her nails she always has really good nails so oh yes always yeah they're still here chevron nails you want to shout out what is that nail heart in orange county garden grove yeah yeah my girl they got me they look great (laughs) thanks thanks yeah I usually like to go to a tournament with really nice nails. I feel like 
put yeah. together and my life's not in a shamble, you know? But I, I, I so I'm not going to let you off the hook that easily. I, <laughs> I, I think what struck me about that comment by Karen is as somebody that, you know, we, we watch a lot of golf and obviously, you know, on the men's side, Tiger Woods is the, the dominant player of the last, let's say, 25 years. And, you know, he, he loved winning. And I think when I, in my, you know, experience watching the LPGA player, like I am searching for that player that's like, who who wants to just go get it? Like who relishes the moment? And I, I don't want to put that weight on you, but I, I'm curious if like that's something you love. Like you love going and getting it, going in, you know, mano a mano, woman versus woman like i'm gonna go out and win today i know you said you're a quiet competitor but that's got to be in the back of your mind yeah absolutely i mean i love winning and you know i've won i think like there's plenty of times that i've won with my b game and just knowing that kind of like just drives me and just play your best and if you win you win but when i show up to a tournament i'm trying to win that tournament there's no like Ooh, top 10 yeah, like here. Let's that's go cute have. you know that's cute but no i'm trying to win the tournament that's why i was really upset with last week because i felt like kind of bombarded by media i mean people don't tell you what comes with winning and i'm more of maybe what did you, what did you expect was gonna be you were just like oh i'm going i'm going home to la event yeah you know i, thought I was no just going deal. home and i thought a lot of people were just gonna come out and watch me but it was more of like People wanted to talk about Chevron. Yeah. And I was at Wilshire. Yeah, you're doing prep for Wilshire, and you're like, wait a second. Like, and this is just, I've already just turned the page on it. I was just really upset from my Friday finish because I didn't feel like I put my all into a tournament. I never want to play a tournament where I don't give it my all and try to win. I felt like I kind of just, excuse my language, half-assed it. Yeah. And you I was can just, cuss, you can say whatever you want. <laughs> I just felt like I was just trying to go through the motions and just get to the weekend and then did you feel out of gas like oh absolutely like this has been a, but a long week i think in hindsight that needed to happen because i just needed to take a, a breather and get ready for the next few events like here and then founders next week and i don't know they don't talk about like so m just like what comes with winning like just a bunch of media stuff and i'm pretty no this is easy because it's just like <laughs> chatting with you guys i feel like it's pretty easy for the most part. And then, and you guys are fun. It's so. a tough dig. <laughs> I, mean, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah, I think for me, I'm more introverted. I don't know if you guys can tell, but I'm pretty shy. And so for, for that, like that last week, it was a lot for me. And I'm still learning. I'm still like new to all this stuff. So I'm learning and I'm adapting to everything and it'll be fine. I'll get used to it. I just need more media training. You talk, <laughs> Yeah, that's what I was going to say. You talk about like having the right team and support around you. Like, is anybody talking to you about like, hey, these things are different now. Like people are going to look at you different. They're going to talk to you different. They're going to expect different things from you because you're a major champion now. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, my coach and my caddy, they're two guys that I rely on heavily and they kind of just guide me through everything. I have no agent right now. I That sounds like a like an all call to whoever agents are out there that listen yeah. to this and usually send us dirty messages back <laughs> because we're usually talking shit about one of their players. But like <laughs> sounds like an open invite. Yeah, so I have 
no agent right now. I'm still trying to figure out like what's right for me. And, and was that a conscious decision on your part? Like whatever was happening wasn't for the best? Obviously, you don't have to go too much into it. Yeah, I just need someone more on my wavelength and just here for me and know that my biggest priority is golf. Like what I need from an agent is basically do everything for me that helps me focus on just golf. Like that's all I want. I'm here to win tournaments, not here to just like enjoy everything. I think I'm more, I mean, I've won two tournaments with my home course visor yeah. on my head no logos anywhere anywhere it's not my main focus sponsors aren't my add her to the young hitter pro i mean <laughs> sounds, sounds <laughs> pretty send some literature yeah. Here away. <laughs> I mean. yeah i mean i'm not like i play golf because i love golf and i love winning i love playing on lpga i love everything about this and love traveling i don't necessarily spo- sponsors are a bonus correct and so if they come, they come. And that's not like my world doesn't revolve around that. And so right now I'm just taking my time trying to find the right agent or whoever to add to my team because my team's great already. We work so well together. Everyone on my team does their job the best so that I can do my job. And I think it's I'm a good very place patient to be. Yeah. About, about it. So uh, It's such a big, big part of it. And I think a lot of people struggle with the business of professional golf yeah, because it is hard. And there's all these new opportunities. And next thing you know, like, yeah, sponsors are great, but they're also asking a lot from individuals, whether it's obligations or, mm-hmm. or like it goes so much further beyond like a patch on a shirt or a hat. Yeah. Like, and, and being able to, to weigh the pros and cons of each decision instead of just looking at it from a financial point of view yeah. must be like a, a really like empowering place to be yeah. of like, no, like I'm dead serious here. I wasn't joking around. Like I just care about my golf game. Exactly. And if you're not around to like help facilitate me being the best at that, then like yeah. I don't need it because at the end of the day, I don't need all that other stuff anyway. Exactly. Like my winnings are going to take care of it. We're yeah. fine. So everything revolves around my golf and my career and if you're not helping, then I'm not going to add you to the team. Yeah. You know, Cole was a big part of Chevron. He's been a, a great addition to your team. But where did you guys first get together? What's kind of the relationship been? Because it seems like you two click, and it's a, a really powerful combination. Yeah. So my coach, Brett, is pretty good friends with Jessica Cordes' caddy, Kyle. And Kyle gave Brett Cole's number to me. And yeah, I reached out to him, asked for a four week trial. We started in Portland, finished third. I think we shot 17 under for that week. And on the way to the um, parking lot, I just asked him, hey, you want to be full time? <laughs> and then he was like, sure. And then from then on, we just worked so well. It was just so easy. And it's really hard to find like a good caddy where it just works out so easy. Right. Like, there was no. It was just so easy. I don't know how else to explain it. That's the best. Yeah, I got lucky. I mean, you see, like, there's a ton of people, men's and women's game, of like, man, that that's just not working for them. And you see whether it's their communication and and not even just like verbal communications, but really like all the nonverbal stuff of yeah. like, hey, you're you're in the arena with me. You're the one who's who's I'm relying on, like my only support system. And it's it's awesome that you finally that you found somebody who is, like, such a great match for that. Yeah, I think in Korea, 
I was really tired from traveling, so Monday I took it off and just practiced a little. Tuesday comes around, and I think it was the first tee, and he told me how many drivers, how many three woods I'm hitting off the tee, and I'm like, wow, okay, just tell me where to go. I'll do it. (laughs) And then we ended up having a good week there, too, and I just felt like he's prepared and he does his job so I can just focus on what I need to focus on. Lilia, we'll get you out here in just a couple minutes. I'm curious, though, did you grow up a stu- are, are you a student of the game? Do, do you does the the history and, and I'm again tying it back to now winning a major. I mean that's something you're you're now part of a very select group in the history of of the LPGA tour. Were, were there people you grew up watching? I guess women's side, men's side. Does does your standing within the history of the game is that something you ever think about or would think about growing up? I think a recent thought of mine was I got to grow up watching Tiger Woods play his best. And the kids these days, they don't get to say that. And just watching him, I remember like just so excited every Sunday to just watch Tiger play and just go down to Torrey. I remember my my mom and my brother had this like binoculars trying to like (laughs) see through the crowd. And I, I think they went down the Sunday where like, Tiger and Rocco were sure. yeah, contending. Yeah, Tori. Yeah, yeah. Tori. And I was like probably playing a tournament. My dad took me and I didn't get to go. So I was like, <laughs> boo. But they ended up playing the next Monday. I mean, the Monday after. But yeah, just like Tiger, just huge for me. Just mm-hmm. Looked up to him. Just great for the game of golf. Like, I think everyone can agree they love Tiger. Like, right. not, not a lot of people don't like Tiger. And just growing up was... It was the best time to get into golf, watching Tiger as a kid and just being able to say that you saw so many of his wins. And then, like, when he won recently the Masters, was it 2019? Yep. I was on a plane to Hawaii, so I didn't get to see it. And I was so mad about it. My dad texted me. He's like, did you see? (laughs) No, there was no live TV going to Hawaii from LAX. And I missed that. And I think that was, like, the worst feeling in the world. And I still think about it till this day. Quick in it. What's your airline of choice? My what? Your airline of choice. <sighs> this is the stuff we debate on our other podcast, by the way. Well, my favorite is Delta. Preach. You're, Thank you. I knew yes. you were smart. I knew but, you were smart. But United flies out. I mean, there's quite a lot of United out of John Wayne. And that's the um, airport right next to my house. Okay. And you can't land after 10 p.m. because there's like a noise city ordinance. And I don't know, bougie people, whatever. <laughs> but like, I usually like flying into John Wayne coming home from the East Coast. Because if we leave at 8 o'clock, we get there at like 9.30. And yeah. then I could just get my bags right away and then go home. Mm-hmm. But yeah, LAX has been a nightmare recently. But it is what it is. Well, uh, you know. I, I think all those little girls, you know, they they want to look up to somebody and boys want to want to see. So, I mean, you I, I don't know. I don't want to put words in your mouth, <laughs> but I, I just love your mindset. I, I think it's so refreshing to hear somebody on tour say, no, I want to win every week because I do think that's rare. Now, whether people are actually thinking that privately, which sometimes I doubt. Right. I just think it's so nice to hear you like, no, I'm here to win. Like, that's that's what I'm here to do. But honestly, like, putting in the hard work behind the scenes and, like, exactly. being from, like, 
the the highs and lows of the professional game and being like, no, like I'm saying this because I'm dead serious. Yeah. And I've been on the other side and I, I, you know, this does not come easy. I continue to grind my butt off to be in this position and have the capability to like truly just go get it. As a, as a fan of the women's game, I freaking love it. Yeah. So Thank you guys. kudos to you. Yeah, I think just being rock bottom actually drives me wanting to win more. Because I didn't go through all of that stuff and just the feeling of just falling out of the love of like out of the love of the game of golf is just horrible when like now I love golf like even during my off weeks I probably take like one or two days off but then I don't know what to do with myself I just want to go to the golf course and play a match with no all my guy hobbies. friends <laughs> no other hobbies um I mean I read a lot but it's only what do you like to read a lot of self-help books okay. personal development if it's a golf book then more the mental side because mm -hmm. I'm not a technical player I just kind of Mm -hmm. I hope it's a push draw every time, and if it's not, then uh, I don't know what to do. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, do you have, like, any guilty, like, indulgences? Like, I really enjoy, and you can't say, like, having nice nails and getting having that in, like, your routine. Um. Well, I bought a car last year. What end type of, of November. car? It's my dream car. G-Wagon. Well, there you go. Yeah, so... Which again, not all access miles. episode two. Yeah, <laughs> right from the of course. Oh, okay, Lily. Yeah. I see you. Of course, it was so okay. I was so like, I didn't want to tell people that I had it, so I had my mom drive me in every <laughs> single day. <laughs> so I was like, oh, she's driving it. But it's my mom's car. Believe me. Yeah. No, she has one, but it's like Wait. she her, hers is 2002. She was like oh, okay. the first person in California to get a G wagon. Apparently, that's pretty cool. Yeah, it's. Definitely not the same, but she's she has she still has it. What did yeah. they do? What did they do? What do you mean? Like, the, were they involved in golf? How did no. they get you in golf? Why? Where did this whole thing come from? I think where it all started from. My brother, I have an older brother, and we drove by a golf course. I think it was like Meadowlark in Huntington Beach, some public course. And my brother says, like, "Oh, I want to try golf," and so. My dad took my brother, and then I was just there, just watching. I don't think, like, my dad thought gr girls did sports. And so I was just, I think, trying to be funny, imitating my brother's swing. And then my dad's like, here, you try. And now, I mean, I happen to be better than my brother. So he doesn't play golf anymore much. But I wish he did because he has a great swing. But, yeah, so, yeah, I'm the one that plays golf. My dad started the same time as my brother, too. And then my mom plays, too. So, yeah, my parents play uh, when during our my off week, they'll play together on Monday and Thursdays. They tee off at six thirty in the morning, and they're home by ten thirty. Like I don't even like I love golf, but I wouldn't. I don't even love golf enough to tee off by six thirty. What, what else do they? Have? Yeah, no, thank you. What else do they have planned for the day that they need to get oh up my and gosh, go play that? So early? many things. My dad's just constantly breaking down the house and building it back up. I think COVID just <laughs> sent him into an orbit. <laughs> That's funny. Well, the G wagon definitely counts as as that. Well, Lilia, we uh, God, we'll, we'll have to do this again uh, <laughs> yes. because there's so much I want to ask you about. But congratulations, truly, uh, it was so much fun watching you at the Chevron, watching you close the deal, and just getting to know you again. It's just I, I am so impressed with your wisdom and the 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 place that you've gotten to. I mean. I think at your age, it, it is just so impressive. So, again, kudos to you. Best of luck. Can't wait for Slay number three. Yeah, thank you guys for having me. Slay number three coming soon.
Love it. Be the right club. Be the right club today. Yeah. I mean, that's better than most. How about in? That is better than most. Better than most. Expect anything. 